Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we meditate upon this morning is from the second book of Kings, chapter 2, verses 8 to 14. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, and it was divided this way and that, so that the two of them crossed over on dry ground. And so it was when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? Elisha said, Please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken from you, it shall be so for you, but if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued on and talked, that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire, and separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elijah saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and its horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elisha crossed over. So far the words of God. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is true. Amen. Across the Jordan River from the place where Elijah ascended into heaven was a school to teach men to be prophets. These students had seen Elijah and Elisha before they crossed the Jordan. They saw them leaving to go towards the Jordan, and now they see Elisha coming back alone. They know that Elijah has departed from this earth for good. It had been prophesied to them by God that that would happen on this day, but they don't know what happened. Elijah comes back across the Jordan, and he tells them, you know how it is when you've seen something for yourself and you try and explain it to somebody else and no matter how careful you are with your words, what you're trying to say and what they hear isn't always the same thing. So Elisha tries to explain, well, Elijah was, was taken up into heaven in a whirlwind. But the, the students, what they hear is, oh, a tornado threw Elijah into the sky. His body must be out there someplace. Let's go look for it. Elisha tries again. No, no, no. You don't understand. But they're convinced that this was just a natural phenomenon. Elijah was tossed someplace and his body must be out there. We, we need to go look and find his body. They keep trying to tell Elisha. Well, one can understand their confusion. One can even understand their doubt. They weren't there. They didn't see it. They didn't see the chariot and the horsemen and the fire. They didn't see Elijah not being tossed into the sky, but ascending into heaven. It's one of those things you had to be there. It's one of those things you had to see for yourself. They didn't see the vision the way Elijah did. Just like those, just like those students of the prophets, we also need to see the vision for ourselves. We need to see not only Elijah, but all the saints of God ascended and living in heaven. We need to see it by faith. We need to know it. We need to understand it 
in order to deal with this life so that we can see past the death of this world to the life which, which is to come. When our loved ones die and we go to the funeral, what do we see? We see a casket. We see a, a lifeless body. We go to the cemetery. We see a, a pile of dirt and a stone. We go home. We see an empty chair, an empty bed, an empty place at the table. We see an emptiness in our lives. But by God's word and through faith, we see something more, something greater, don't we? By God's word and through faith, we see the Lamb, the throne, the river, the trees of life. We see those same people, not dead, but living and clothed in the whiteness of, of Christ's righteousness, washed in the blood and rejoicing, living before the throne of God. We need that vision. Not only when we go to funerals, but every day of our life. That vision of the end, that vision that is to come. That's what today is for. That's what All Saints Day is for. It's not uh, a day to pray to the saints. We don't need to pray to them. We can pray directly to Jesus. And after all, they're in heaven. We, we don't want to bother them with all our earthly problems. We got Jesus for that. We don't need to pray to them. That's not what All Saints Day is for. It's not for remembering what was and what is past and what will be no more. It's not, it's not about remembering those who are gone and dead. It's about remembering those who live and what will be. It's not a day for a dream of what is past. It's a day of a vision of their end and ours of, of what is to come and what will be. When Elisha saw Elijah ascending into heaven, what he saw wasn't just a sign. It was a vision. That doesn't mean it didn't really happen. But it was a thing, a sight that he could carry with him throughout his life to strengthen and comfort him when, when things got difficult. You know, when Gideon asked the Lord to put dew on the fleece, that was a, that was a sign. When Noah saw the rainbow, that was a, a sign, and a wonderful sign of God's promise, a wonderful sign, but still just a sign. But what Elisha saw was a vision of, of the end, the end that God gives to all who believe in him, the life that is to come. Elisha asked, just before Elijah ascended, was taken from him, he asked for a double portion of his spirit. That... What he was asking for was to, to be the heir of Elijah. That was the right of the firstborn, right? The firstborn in Israel was to receive the double portion of the inheritance. And so what Elijah is asking is that he is the one who will receive the inheritance. He will not, not, the inher not earthly inheritance. He doesn't want Elijah's house. He takes up his mantle, but that's, that's about uh, uh, taking up his office. He doesn't want his cane and his car and his house. He wants his ministry. He wants to pick up where Elijah left off. He wants to be the one who continues that work. And Elijah responds, what you've asked is a hard thing. It's a hard thing. A hard thing. The ministry, the work of the Lord is always a hard thing, but uh, especially in, in northern Israel during the time of the divided kingdom, 
to a people who had already set up false idols in Dan and Bethel and, and didn't really want to have anything to do with the worship of the Lord. Jonah, when he was sent to Nineveh, had it easier than Elijah and Elisha, didn't he? He preached for three days and the whole city repented. Elijah and Elisha spent their lives preaching and only a remnant of the people ever listened. We heard about a month ago, maybe a little more than a month ago, we heard about the time when Elijah himself gave up in despair because no one would listen. Elijah knew what a difficult task it was. It's a hard thing you're asking, Elisha. But if it's granted to you, then you will also get the vision. The vision of the end that is to come. And through the, the long years of difficult ministry, Elisha had this comfort, this knowledge of the gift. And we, we need that same vision. We need that same vision to strengthen and comfort us. Our lives aren't, aren't as hard as Elisha's. Uh, the tasks that we have aren't as hard as what was given to Elisha. We often get to a point in our lives when we think, oh, this is too hard. <laughs> Nobody has it as hard as me. We, we sometimes feel that way. I'm all alone. Nobody knows the trouble I've, I've been right through. I'm not going to try and sing it for you. But you guys know what I'm talking about. We often feel like, oh, my life is so much harder than everyone else's. Our lives are not as hard as Elisha's. But we still need that same vision, that knowledge of what is to come. There are so many people who try to find their future. They want to know what the future holds. They go to fortune tellers and spiritualists. They rely on tarot cards and glass balls and even the stars. Well, these things, of course, have no power to tell the future, no matter what people think. But uh, even if they did, what comfort would that bring? What comfort would it bring to know the troubles and the tribulations and the difficulties? Now, how many of us would actually get married if we knew how difficult marriage was going to be? <laughs> how many of us would want to have children if we knew the, the heartache and the worry and the sleepless nights that would come with it? Maybe we still would. And knowing these things beforehand aren't going to help us. Jesus says in Matthew uh, 6.34, he says, Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus says, you, you have enough to worry about today. I'm not going to tell you the worries and the troubles that you're going to have tomorrow. You don't need to worry about that. He doesn't give us a vision of, of, the, uh, of the future of this earth, which isn't going to help us. He gives us instead the vision of the life which is to come. The victory of the Lamb, the saints before the throne, robed in white. Elisha's task was, was hard. But God granted him this opportunity to see the end, the result that was coming. And so he has given us also the, the vision of the victory of the salvation that is ours through his grace. And because Jesus died for our sins. Now there is suffering and labor and disappointment and heartache, then the glory, then the garden, then the light. Prophet Habakkuk wrote in chapter 2, verses 2 to 3, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. 
God tells Habakkuk, write the vision. Write the vision and make it plain. Write it in large letters. Put it up high. Use good color contrast, right? Don't put blue letters on a green background. Some people aren't going to be able to read that. A lot of people aren't going to be able to read that. Nice black letters on a white background. Make sure everyone can see it. Why? So that he who sees it may run. God's not talking about how fast we run. That's not the point when he says so that he who meets reads it may run. The point is that so that he who reads it may have the strength and the encouragement to continue the race. When you race, some people go pretty slowly. Some people go pretty fast. God's not worried about how fast you run. He's worried about giving you the encouragement to continue. Give them the vision, God says. Why? So that they're not weighed down by our sins, so that they know that your sin is forgiven in Jesus Christ. So that you don't give up in despair, but you know that you can turn to God uh, for comfort and help, so that you don't fail in your own weakness when you lose strength, but that you turn to rely on God's strength. Give them the vision. The just shall live by faith. By faith we see and know what is coming and that forgiveness. What I remember what happened on Easter morning? The women go to the, the, the tomb. They see Jesus. They go home. They tell the disciples, oh, he's risen. The disciples don't believe they have to see it for themselves, right? So Jesus appears to the disciples. They see, they believe. They tell Thomas, he's risen. Thomas doesn't believe. He has to see it for himself. Saul hears about the risen Christ. He doesn't believe. He has to see it for himself, doesn't he? It's a vision that we need to see for ourselves. We don't have the opportunity to see him with our eyes, but uh, to see it for ourselves through faith, to know and believe that he who lives that he lives, Jesus lives, and he who lives and believes in me, Jesus says, will never die. And many here we have a list of departed saints. We're going to pray. We're going to thank God for the victory that he has, he has given to them and to us. These, these people that we're about to pray about are not dead. That's the whole point. They live before the throne. Today, we remember and celebrate all the saints. All the people of God, not because of who they were, but because of who they are through Jesus Christ. Because of what Jesus has done for them. That's a vision we need. We need to carry it with us to know the end that waits for us. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.